So gracious God, as we continue to, to look at the story of Joseph now, Lord, show us your ways and teach us your paths. Guide us in your truth and teach us. For you are God, our Saviour, and our hope is in you all day long. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living, so different now from what it seemed. Now life has killed the dream I dreamed. The iconic words of Fantine at her lowest ever, she wallows wondering what her life has become from the dream you had. They say, don't they, that you shouldn't mix metaphors. Well, I'm kind of mixing musicals for a, for a moment this morning. But in reality, if you know both stories, whether that one from Les Miserables or the story of Joseph, you'll know this. They're both epic stories of, of grace, of how God moves. And during Lent, we're asking this question. This question of that God gives each one of us dreams all through our lives. Sometimes it can be the same dream. Sometimes those dreams change as our lives go on. And the question we're asking is, God, what is your dream for me at this stage of my life? And to help us explore that question, we're looking at this story of Joseph. And in today's story, we find Joseph quite literally, perhaps at his lowest ebb. What did verse 15 say of chapter 40? I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. And so on. He's almost at his lowest ebb as he languishes in this Egyptian dream, jail, wondering of the dream of what his life would be. <coughs> So different now from the hell of which I live. And if we're going to live out the dreams that God has for us in our lives, there are going to be tough times. That's the reality because that's how life works. And so this morning what I want us to look at is look at this story of how Joseph seems to not just survive through his tough encounters. How he seems to thrive through them and how he keeps on still living the dream that Joseph obviously managed to do. And as we do that, I just want to share two thoughts. Two thoughts as we see them as they come out from the text this morning of how he managed to still thrive through the tough circumstances that he was dwelt to live and to live out his dreams. Because all of us go through tough times in our lives, don't we? By the number here today, some of you will be going through a tough time or you will know someone very close to you who's going through a tough time. Sometimes it happens because of the season of the life that we get dealt. You know, we sort of like all of a sudden face a transition time in life. It can be a move somewhere. It can be the death of someone close to us. Sometimes those tough times are just self-inflicted, aren't they? Because we just do some stupid things at times. Or sometimes, even worse, we do things malicious and our lives fall apart. Sometimes, though, those tough encounters are forced upon us. We get a call from the doctor, and it's not good news. We get called into the boss's office and said, there's not a job anymore. Or 
the person who we thought we were going to spend the rest of our life with tells us that they've met someone else. Sometimes they happen because of the season of life we're in. Sometimes we just kind of self-destruct. Sometimes they're just forced upon us. And as we've seen through this story of Joseph over these past, this week and last week, Joseph too faced these tough times. You could argue that maybe one of them was self-inflicted because he was an obnoxious teenager, but you could argue all three of them were actually forced upon him. Whether it was that he was thrown into the pit by his brothers, or then sold by the, to the Ishmaelite merchants, or then when he was in Potiphar's household, or then after that, as he's then falsely accused of rape, you could argue that all of them were forced upon him. And yet, he still seems to thrive through them. He still keeps to keep going and manages to live out his dream. And yet he had those two dreams himself. Of what he thought his life was going to become. And then for a number of years afterwards, he faces tough encounter, tough encounter, tough encounter. And so, how did he manage to keep on going? How did he manage to keep on thriving through those difficult times? Well, here's the first thing. He remembered God was with him. If you look at the text as it was read to us in verse 39 and 20b, right at the very start of it. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Then again in verse 22 and 23. The Lord was with Joseph. Just like if some of you might have been picked up last week if you were here and you were eager in verse 2 that I didn't pick up on, on chapter 39 and verse 2, when Joseph gets sold as a slave, the Lord was with Joseph. The reason Joseph thrived was because he remembered God was with him. Thus when he hears of these two dreams of Pharaoh's two officials, of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. What does he do? He does not fail to declare his faith in God. Look at verse 8 of chapter 40. We both have dreams answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. He does not fail to express his faith in God, and he knows that God is going to help him then interpret those dreams. It would have been very easy for Joseph to have just been defined by those tough experiences. Very, very easy. To have just got dispirited. To have just got dejected. To have just kind of given in. And languished in that Egyptian prison. But he kept on remembering God. This is what... I know from my own experience in my own life and my own experience of watching people who go through tough encounters, there is something very significant and very powerful when you remember God and who he is when you face tough encounters. You find a presence of Jesus that you rarely find at any other time in your life. That's why so many people find the poem Footprints so significant. 
and why it means so much. Because, as John Aldberg once said, who we are depends upon our ability to remember. Because if you cannot remember, then you don't know who you are. That's why the worst possible disease to ever get is something that affects your mind. Who you are depends upon your ability to remember. And remembering that God is with us during the toughest times in our lives is so important. This is what King David said in Psalm 63. This was a time, remember, he was meant to be living his dream of being king of Israel. And he finds himself running for his life in the wilderness. And he said this in Psalm 63. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Or as another psalmist wrote in Psalm 77. Not once, not twice, but three times. I remembered you, God. And what do we remember? Well... If you've ever looked at the Psalms and ever spent any time looking at them, then what you find, as I found a couple of years ago, is you find this repeated refrain that kind of is just hidden in them. But it comes out over and over and over and over again. And we remember God's unconditional love and his faithfulness towards us. Here's how Psalm 36 and verse 5 puts it. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. And it's important to remember that because it's very easy to forget it. It's a reminder of the commitment that God has for each one of us in our lives. That God is active and not passive. If you think about Joseph's life, why did he... Why did he go through these years of tough encounters? It wasn't because God was just passive, just letting it happen. God was active in his life, changing him, preparing him each time for the next stage in his life. But he wasn't just preparing him. He was also working in his circumstances. So that Joseph was in the right place at the right time. Just think about his life. His life born in this dysfunctional family. In an obscure part of the world. And he ends up being almost the leader of the superpower of the day. Going to Egypt. Ending up there in prison. Meeting Pharaoh's servants. Interpreting their dreams. Then being released from prison, as we'll see next week, and as the story goes on, interpreting Pharaoh's future dreams of prosperity and famine. And then after that, saving his own family and the people of God and the then-known world as they saw it from starvation. God isn't passive. He's active. He's either working in our lives in those tough times or he's working in the circumstances around us. That's her first way that Joseph thrived and still managed to live out his dream. He remembered God was with him. And here's the second way. He kept living out his dream because he repeatedly persevered. You know, just think about the story. The story that we just heard last week 
and this week. As he's sold as a slave, what does Joseph do? Look at verse 2 of chapter 39. What does he do? He works hard. He works hard as a slave in Potiphar's household and he becomes the head of the household. Then when he finds himself thrown in prison, what does he do this time? In verses 22 and verses 23, the warden puts him in charge of the prison. Then when Joseph gives Pharaoh's servants the interpretation of their dreams... Just imagine the atmosphere in that prison. The chief cupbearer is delighted because he thinks he's going to be released in three days but Joseph has to go and give the chief baker the news that his head's going to get chopped off in three days. And imagine what the prison is like for those then three days. Waiting, is it going to happen? Of course, all the prisoners know as well. Imagine what that is like. Yet he keeps repeatedly persevering. And then, what do we read in verse 23? Despite the the chief cupbearer saying, I'll remember you, Joseph, to Pharaoh. What does he do? He forgot him. And for two more years, Joseph remains in prison. If you add up the years from start to finish, from Joseph being going out that one day, thinking he was going to meet his brothers at the age of 17, he actually gets released from prison at the age of 30. 13 years. Tough encounter after tough encounter after tough encounter. That's how long it was trying to move forward, trying to move forward, living out this dream that God had told him he was going to be this future leader. Knock back, knock back, knock back. Still kept going. Still kept persevering. He was born into poverty and faced with adversity all his life. He lost Eight elections. He failed twice in business. He had one nervous breakdown. He could have quit many times. But because he did not, he became one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States. You all think I'm describing Donald Trump, don't you? (laughs) He was Abraham Lincoln. He was a Joseph-type figure. And so to thrive... To thrive during these tough times, we need to practice perseverance. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to me of keeping on walking faithfully with God. It requires, first of all, hope. Hope as we now live now in Jesus. And the example he gave us during Lent of persevering to the cross. And the hope of his resurrection because without a death, there is no resurrection. We need hope. We need community. In tough times, we'll probably never desire community less and never need community more. In tough times, we'll probably never desire community less and never need community more. Why? Because community is vital for, for, for persevering. I can understand why Christians try and hard when, try and hide when they go through tough times. I can understand it. 
but it baffles me why they did. Because that's when you need community more. That's when you need the church more than any other. You need hope, you need community, and you need to be able to stand firm. Have you ever thought for a minute, if you know your ancient history, why did the Roman Empire conquer the world? Have you ever thought of it? Why did the Roman Empire conquer the world? Was it because they, they would just have better strategy? Was it because they, they were more ruthless? Was it because they had, had sharper swords? Well, if you know your Bibles and you know Ephesians 6, the image in verse 13 is this. Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firmly. The reason they conquered what was then the then known world as they saw it was because they had this ability to stand. And they had the ability to stand because their shields interlocked. And that's what made the difference. And that's why it's so important to stand, to persevere, hope in Jesus, the community of believers standing together. And there's this ability that people have to move beyond asking God the why question to the what's next question. Because when we go through tough encounters, I'm sure Joseph sometimes asked it, maybe at first, why God? Why God have I gone from there to there to there? But he had this ability to move beyond that to think what's next. You see, the why question never gets answered in the Bible. Think about Job. Think about Job. If you've ever read the book of Job, the man who suffered more than anyone else in the Bible, he never gets the why question answered. All that happens is that when he meets Almighty God, it's just this sobering, humbling, and chastening experience for him. The most important question is to be able to ask, and God, what's next, God? What's next? What's going to happen next in my life? At the start of this year, it was announced that, that Jill Saywood had died. I don't know if you, anyone remember who Jill Saywood was? A few of you nodding, some of you obviously don't know. Jill Saywood became famous for an event that happened in her life in, in 1986. She was a vicar's daughter. And she was basically sat in a vicarage in Ealing, West London, and with her then boyfriend and her vicar dad. And a gang broke in. And they beat up her dad, they beat up her boyfriend, and she suffered the more horrific crime as she was, she was gang raped. It became one of the most horrific and most notorious crimes of the, in the UK of the 1980s. She could have sung and lived out her life in the words of Fantine. I dreamed my dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living, so different now from what it seemed. Now life has killed the dream I dreamed. Yet what was most striking about, about her life, and I met her husband a, a few times as a, as a curate. I didn't even know who he was at the time 
was that she would not be defined by the events of that day, but rather she would use the events of that day to shape her life. So she never lost her faith in God, even through those most toughest of experiences. She kept on remembering God's love and his faithfulness. She became the first rape victim in the UK to just cast aside all anonymity so she could speak about her ordeal. She even wrote a book. She did countless media interviews. She campaigned to tighten rape laws in the UK to the extent that the only reason they're as tight as they are is because of her. She worked tirelessly as a campaigner to lobby governments and raise awareness about sexual violence. She even 12 years ago sat in a room with the man who devastated her life and forgave him. She was an example, like Joseph gives us in this example, in our Bible story, of how to just keep thriving. <clears throat> how to keep thriving in the toughest times in our lives by, and still live out the dreams that God gives us by just remembering that God is with us, remembering his love, remembering his faithfulness to us, and by continuing to just persevere in a hope in Jesus that through death comes resurrection, through a community of believers walking alongside you with this picture of shields interlocking and standing. And a perseverance to keep on saying to God, what's next, God? Let us pray. <coughs> As we pray now, we remember that Jesus stands with each one of us. Whether we're great, whether we're going through one of those tough encounters, Lord, we hold on to your promises and help each one of us to remember that you are with us. To remember as the psalmist said that your love reaches to the heavens your faithfulness to the skies and to keep on putting one step in front of the other To remember the hope we have in you. That through the events of our lives you change us. And you change the circumstances. As you showed in Joseph's life. So Lord, as your spirit is with us, so may we know your presence. Changing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.